Hi, my friends. I do this work with all my heart for you. So please contribute generously to Future Primitive. Right. Well, you know, after the the genocide in Bosnia, I was visiting with a woman who who had she was a survivor of the massacre of Srebrenica, where eight thousand boys and men who were unarmed had been slaughtered, and uh, she was taking me to see a shop that she had set up where women who were also survivors in this rural area they were weaving rugs. And so it was a way of helping them not just get some income, but of healing with the, the methodical, you know, back and forth of the loom, of the shuttle, and then also a chance for them to talk to the other women. And um, so I said to her, you know, well, who is funding this work? And she said, well, in the middle of the war, there was an organization, and it was called Bosfam. It was part of Oxfam. International, but Bosfam focusing on Bosnia. And the war became so heated and so dangerous that Bosfam said, We have to pull out. We cannot have any more workers in this place. And she said, You can't pull out. We're relying on you. You know, you're you're helping us have food. We're gonna be we're going to be completely destitute without you. And they said, But it's too dangerous. We cannot put our, our workers, our aid workers, um, uh, in this situation, and I, and then they said, well, you know, if you have an NGO, meaning a nonprofit organization, if you have an NGO, well, then we could fund the NGO. Now, this was in a, a communist state, a former communist state, so they didn't have nonprofit organizations. And she said, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, I'll make an NGO. Uh, what's an NGO? And I've thought about her so many times. Her name was Beba Hajic. I've thought about that spirit of, oh, yes, I'll head the NGO. What's an NGO? Yeah. It's just that sense of, of course, just automatic yes. I can do anything. That's right. If I That's feel right. it's really That's right. needed. If it needs to be done, we're going to do it. But then that's your spirit, Thank Swanee. you. Thank you. But it's my spirit because I learn from these women. I, I make a point, really, of having in my life women and men and kids who say, you know, impossible doesn't, I don't even relate to that word. You know, what is possible, what's not possible. I just don't go there. And there are plenty of other people in life who just won't go there. So I want to find those people. I want to hang out with those people and say, no. Uh, that's just a construct in people's minds about what's possible, what's not possible. I'm not going to think about it. I want to know what needs to be done. Where do we need to be? Do you think that even has a physiological... Oh, I'm positive. I'm positive that it changes your brain chemistry. I know it does. 
you know, my daughter had had her third suicide attempt out, out of five. She was at that point about 18, very troubled. Okay, just, and, and I, I tell you that story because it's not so uncommon. It's just that people don't talk about it. Whether the trouble shows up in suicide attempts or just major clinical depression, a kid who can't get out of bed, or another one who's causing all kinds of problems in school, who's gotten into drugs, who's gotten into weapons, whatever it is. So my daughter had her third suicide attempt, and I rushed her to the hospital. They pumped her stomach. They thought, you know, she's going to live. Do we commit her to another mental hospital? Do we not? I mean, those were the kinds of things going on in my mind. But I'm home two blocks from the hospital. And I start a fire, and I'm sitting, and I'm staring at the fire, and I, I get into this space of, oh, what am I going to do next time if she's successful? How am I going to live? What will I do? And I thought then about my friends in Rwanda where in three months, one-tenth of the population, a million people, were slaughtered. And I thought to myself, I will do what my friends in Rwanda have done, what Odette did when 42 members of her family were killed. I will get up in the morning, I will look around at the corpses, I will put one foot in front of the other, and I will pick up a shovel. And I will dig the graves, and then I will figure out what to do next. When you spend time with people in honest exchange about what's going on in their lives, and you discover the courage, it becomes, at least for me, it becomes part of me, and I think, what would Odette do? now. And I know what she did. And that tells me where I'm going. Do you think that women compost suffering in a different way than men do? I talked to the president of Rwanda about this. I said, did you see any difference between how the women reacted to the genocide and how men reacted? And he said, oh yes. He said, the men shut down. And we've seen this in many different cultures, like in the Soviet Union when it fell. You know, the men shut down, they, they got into alcohol, they, they just couldn't function. And the women, they just, they did the opposite. He said, um, President of Rwanda, he said they rolled up their sleeves and did the next right thing. Whatever it is, just do the next right thing thing. I don't know. I don't know the difference. I imagine it's evolutionary. I imagine it's difference in, in the way our brains work. I imagine there's brain chemistry, there's wiring. I don't know. I don't know what um, maternal instincts there are that say we have to just keep going and, and protect and heal and then move forward. Um, and I don't, I'm never talking about one particular woman, one particular man. My mother used to say that um, God gives us these difficult situations because they make you strong. And I said, Mom, if life weren't so hard, you wouldn't have to be so strong. You know, I just don't want to go there in terms of theology, you know, that God gives us these situations. Because there are women who are very, very strong, and there's, uh, there are others who kill themselves and others who 
end up in mental institutions or, or so damaged. So I'm not saying all women somehow rise into this, but I do think that we have a particular, mm, I don't want to say advantage, but we have a help in the way that we're made generally. I find that in terms of being very practical and moving forward. So do you see that the uh, patriarchal uh, paradigm is changing? And slowly, mm, slowly, slowly it's changing. You see it particularly in politics. I think politics is head, ahead of the business world in terms of leadership of the business world. Women are creating the small businesses which fuel the economy. There's no question about that. They are the source of new jobs, interestingly. It's not big corporations like the Fortune 500 that are headed by men. It's all the small businesses. Um, in politics, women are now 20% of the Senate. I remember 25 years ago we had two women in the Senate. So bit by bit, but we've got to find ways to increase that exponentially, and so I, I have a project to work on doubling the number of the win, women in the Congress and in the governor's seat, so anyone who wants to see it can go to politicalparity.org, as one word, political parity, and I've been working on that for a number of years and will continue to. So Swanee, what was your experience being uh, at this conference? and? Uh, what do you think of the work of the Marion Institute? Well, it just, I was thinking, watching the drumming this morning and meeting the people who were going to speak after me, and I was thinking how essential conferences like this are. When you look back, like when I look back on my life, and, and I say, well, well, how did I end up doing the kind of work I did? I can actually remember I was at a certain conference. I was sitting on the third row. I was watching, I was clapping, I was not clapping, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter how I looked at the conference, what matters is how it changed me inside. There are a lot of people, there are hundreds of people for whom this is a life-changing moment, this conference is, maybe, maybe a thousand, maybe more than a thousand, and you just think about the ripple effect. It's incalculable. We'll never know the value of what's happened at this conference. It's been a real honor to be invited to be part of it. What would you like to say that would be really useful to the 75 million boomers that are retiring? Ah, well, retiring doesn't exist. Uh, so the question is, what are you going to do in your encore phase? And you may decide, well, in addition to spending a lot of time with my grandchildren, I'm still going to have 20 hours a week that I can devote, and I will devote, to other people's grandchildren. Right? You can decide that there are actually a billion grandchildren that are yours. How's that for a thought? Because you actually, you know, your little group is nothing but your little group. You have a responsibility for a billion grandchildren. And then you find a way to do it. And it's paid or it's not paid or whatever. It's 
less pay than you otherwise would have, but I mean, however you do it, you're going to do it as a group, you're going to be one person dropping into a school as a, as a teacher's aide on a regular basis, you're going to start a business in a tough part of town, whatever you do, it's your encore phase, and choose it carefully, but do it. I'd like to ask you, what uh, would you say to the millennium generation? Ah, well, to the young people that I saw in the audience, but they represent actually a whole nation of young people and then beyond. They know that. They know that they actually are just as connected to a young person in France as a young person in Texas or a young person in Uganda because of the social media. And I would say use that native ability to connect all over the world. Never limit yourself to your immediate environment because your inspiration is from all over the world and that's what you apply to your immediate environment in the same way that the love and the support that you can find even in a tough, let's say, abusive situation, there's still, there's still some kind of moments of love or support that somebody is offering you. Build on that, and that will be your support for the young people around the world. Thank you so much. Thank you.